Welcome to Seize the GM. I'm your host, Zended. I am your co-host, Jules. And I'm Garda Moje. Have you ever had a great idea for a campaign? Do you have a group of friends who want to play an RPG, but you have no one to run it? Do you want to see what the world is like behind the GM screen instead of in front of it? Well, we're here to help you do just that. Each week, the three of us will be discussing various GMing topics, terminology, maps, atmosphere, world building, you name it. So sit back and relax. Let us help you. Improve your art of GMing. One show at a time. And welcome back to another episode of Seize the GM. Hello, hello. All right. So, <laughs> no, it appears that the the last several have been me and one other person. <laughs> the tradition continues. The tradition continues. So, today, okay, when I say NPC, what comes to mind? Um, those little tiny stat blocks in like the side of the book that might have a paragraph associated with it. True, true. Now little, the thing is, on point. <laughs> that was exactly on point. Um, sometimes they include in those little box texts, like a little bit about the person, maybe. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they include things like actual stats for the person. If they are that important. Um, but one thing in particular, NPCs are kind of a staple in games. They are. They're more than just a stat box. I, I just about that part because what they really are. Is they're kind of the glue that kind of brings your world to life. Yes. Because you could describe as many settings and then cool castles and, and, and great forests and all you want. But people got to live there. And do stuff and interact with your party. Yeah. I like to refer to NPCs as kind of the set dressing for the sessions. Because you have the setting, but they're the, the dressing that makes it kind of come to life. Yeah. Nobody wants just a lettuce salad. That's not a salad at that point. <laughs> I was just saying, nobody wants just a lettuce salad. I was doing. <laughs> yeah. So... Now, NPCs come in all these crazy, like, stripes and, and kind of, uh, like, styles. Mm-hmm. And what we're going to kind of talk about are some of the, uh, I guess you would call them tropes. Mm-hmm. Or... Like uh, the the theme that they kind of fit, yeah. So we're just going to kind of hit about uh, I think it's about ten because you know that's about what you need mm-hmm. to get kind of a feel for what we're talking about here. So. I'm just going to start with the first one on the list that we've got here, which is the quest giver. 
Now, we're not just talking about the people who are standing there with a giant golden exclamation point above their heads. No, that is for a different type of table. (laughs) Yeah, that is a that is definitely a mechanic for a different type of table. But that quest giver can be any range of people. From the fair maiden who comes running in because somebody has stolen her horse to, you know, the Lord who wants you to go defend a trade caravan or something. It's Whoever's literally the, the person to do. Yeah, they're the person that gives you the thing to do. Mm-hmm. The easy, the, the obvious thing to do. It's not always the best way to, to hook them, but it is a way to hook them. Yes. And well, it's, it's usually a direct thing, especially because the quest giver is more often than not, the quest giver role encompasses several other roles attached to it. And we'll get to it as we get to those other roles. Yeah. But the quest giver is is kind of the one who's like, hey, you're not so much railroading as in if you go in that direction, there's an adventure. Yeah. Yeah. So they, and they there's probably the most important of the NPCs. Well, they're the. Yeah, I will agree with that. I will agree with that. Now, as you said, there are a there are several others, but that's that's an easy one because it's kind of like generally speaking, it's one of the first people that you will interact with in a game, aside from the other players at the table. Mm-hmm. So, what is one of the other ones that we've got? Well, I mean, here? you've got the exact opposite: uh, the one who stands at the other end of where that adventure is, the one who wants to keep you from fulfilling that objective. The one who has schemes and plans and things that the player characters are just in the way of. Who's the that? Bad evil guy. The B oh. G, as you put. <laughs> I thought that was Steve. <laughs> Steve can be the big bad evil guy. He could. He be. wants you to keep you from getting the office supplies you need. <laughs> and damn it, your team needs those supplies. It has a deadline. Does it have a deadline? Boss, or is it or, or is your quest giver? Or is he blocking the uh the hand sanitizer? <laughs> oh wow. Wait, that's, that's that's being a little too That's a little point. on the nose. But also that might actually deal with another NPC later if all he's doing is being a minor bad guy. That's true. Which there are those too. You know, because there's 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 levels to the big bad evil guy. Oh, certainly, you know? certainly. Kind of like you have um, the final boss, and then you have all of the under bosses. Mm-hmm. So any of those can fall into that category of the big bad no. evil guy, because he could be the big bad evil guy for the night, or the big bad evil guy for the whole campaign. Right. But the key is, the difference between a big bad evil guy and the monster you have to break is that this person needs to be an NPC to be that role. NPC's role is to to give flesh to the setting, as we said. So yeah. this guy's motivation, this, you know, whatever she's doing to oppose the party, whatever they're doing to disrupt what the party is, is trying to fulfill, that needs to be something built into the setting 
and the world and the plot. So that way, that NPC is serving the story, is serving the quest and adventure that the players are on. Your yes. giant red dragon, who, if you have a you know a red dragon that literally all they do is speak in, I'm blowing you and blowing up with fire. That's not really big bad evil guy. That's just a, a monster you're beating up. Yeah, pretty much. And you know that is that is more of an op an opponent or opposition, not necessarily an NPC. Yeah. So. That's one of the ways that I like to to differentiate the two. Um, then you have another one that you have is the ever infamous sidekick. It's the great now, adventurer. It it could be the the kid down the street that's like, oh, it's the my favorite superhero. You know, I want to be your sidekick who ends up becoming a big, bad, evil guy. Not going to spoil any movies or anything. <laughs> no, no, not, not but, a particular one that came out in Tokyo or two ago. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> but that's an that's an example of the sidekick who becomes something else, because all of these NPCs, as we've discussed on all of our other NPC shows, is <laughs> they have personalities, they have motivations, they have drives. And the way you interact with those things can change the direction that they bec- that they go. I think that's what's very important, especially for the sidekick-style NPC. Because yeah. most of these NPCs that are the quote-unquote sidekick, the ones that are kind of joining around the party, hanging, hanging out with the party, they're extremely moldable to the party's persona, the way they treat them, the type of quests they do. The sidekick is one of those they grow into a different type of NPC. And they should. Mm -hmm. Now, they could also grow into what I refer to as the scenery NPCs. (laughs) Now, they are just the peasants that, like the no-name peasant that's there in the background or the person that's at the bar that you don't necessarily they just kind of help fill the scene and the scenery with people because worlds have people in them at least most of them do (laughs) as you step into the bar the bartender eyes you warily but several tables in the corner stop what they're doing eyeball you for a second but then return to their card game Exactly. Now, yeah. will you interact with those people? Maybe. Maybe. But you're probably there to talk to the bartender. Yeah. So the scenery NPCs are one of those things that like, I feel like you need to mention them because they exist in the world. Now, and speaking what? of the bartender. Oh, yeah? Now there. That's an NPC that's so many systems wrap themselves around oh yes it is which is why it's a great kind of uh trope theme to use the bartender much like the quest giver is is a template npc that you can add to a lot of other npc concepts they themselves can be quest givers they can Mm -hmm. be the information givers they can be the ones who give supplies 
they can be scenery themselves, depending on what you need. They are a very moldable, interesting version of kind of the king or lord, because within their domain, their bar, they are that figure. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I mean, how many Shadowrun campaigns start with, you know, I need to go talk to the bartender. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you need to talk to the guy in the back for yeah. first. <laughs> yeah. Now, there is another one that is very, very similar to the bartender. I don't want to spend all night talking about each one of these because some of them are yeah. are very easy they, to understand. They fit in with each other anyway. So Yeah. So like the next one in our list is the shopkeeper, which they're a variation on that bartender theme. Mm-hmm. You know, except this is just a dude who has a specific shop. Now, yeah. what is he? Ooh, he could be, you know, everything from just, he could be a quest giver. He could be the big bad evil guy, even. Yep. He could also just be a face for the local thieves guild. Yeah. You know? It yeah, could so be any times, number of things. And many shopkeepers are scenery, you know, especially, you know, passing through a market yeah. square or things like that, you know. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. buy a lot of stuff from those people, but most of them you're probably not going to. It's true. So, that kind of, those two kind of go nicely together. Oh, yes. So. Well, the fun thing about those two is that usually a lot of them are interested in coin and money, and they will give you not just drink and food for that, but sometimes informations, secrets. They and that's could. another type of information uh, NPC, is the secret giver. Mentors, hermits, oracles, wise figures, things like that. People who can give the party information, you know, here's this, this great big point of knowledge you need. Yeah. And it will help you with your quest giver thing. Or help you fight against the big bad evil guy. You know, they're, they're that yeah. special kind of role of, you know, the person who can impart wisdom, even if they don't even realize they're doing it themselves. Sure. Sure. And, and yeah, it could be, you know, any of those. And like you said, it could just be the, you know, the Zen type bartender who just spews out something that, you know, even if it's something that you say, it could be something that ties like one of the PCs latches onto and be like, oh, he's very wise for a bartender, yeah. you know? You can <laughs> because it's very, very simple with this NPC too and attach them to a type of scenery because you know what's a really fun type of secret, secret giver? Oh, extra, well. Extra. Exposition oh, yeah. shouted on a street corner for five cents. Yeah. Yeah, the newspaper yeah. kid. Yeah. Uh, another great one is also. Um, a homeless guy mm-hmm. because they're kind of ostracized and kind of scenery. And it yes. could be everything from a beggar beggar all the way up to just a homeless guy in a far future game. Yeah. System. So, I mean, they, 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 bits they, of they that. Yep. yeah, it's also a, a way to give not just mysterious knowledge, but also to give some exposition about what's going on. So that's another thing to keep in mind. Now, 
the next NPC, I had mentioned that sometimes Steve is just standing in the way of things, but he's not necessarily trying to thwart all the hero's plans. Sometimes you have the NPC who's just the annoyance. <laughs> the the yes. thorn in your side who, they're not directly, intently attempting to stop the, you know, the adventuring party's adventure as much as they either just don't like them or maybe they're just trying to steal five gold from them or, yeah. you know, maybe you just scratch their car and they're out for a little, you know, a hostile revenge, but not necessarily the entire game is wrapped around it. Yes. Yeah, it, totally. Now, there's we've got two more here, mm -hmm. and we're going to kind of hit those kind of fast so that we can wrap this up so that we can move on to the next thing. But that is, you got here the sacrifice. Mm -hmm. The NPC that exists to die to be given up to basically just be the final straw on something happening. Which I guess it kind of wraps into the next one. They both kind of are the same thing, because uh, I'm going to pull in the next one right away, which is the living MacGuffin. The yeah. NPCs that are plot devices, the NPCs that, you know, you have to rescue this prince so he can be brought back. Yeah. Turns out the big bad guy needs him to sacrifice, but he's given you a quest to go get him, so that way, you know... Yeah, you can use or, or if you just want to use the sacrifice alone, uh, there was a great movie that used this to amazing effect, and that was the Dragon Slayer. Mm. Because in the very, very beginning of it, the wizard and the wizard's apprentice go to a town to stop a sacrifice of a one of the local women local girls to a dragon. She was, I mean, she had no name even. She was just the sacrifice. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the, you will find a lot of these throughout any type of media that you read or watch. You will see these kind of benchmarks for NPCs and how you use them is all kind of important because they can fill multiple roles. They can be just a, a point of flavor in the game. Mm -hmm. They could okay. be uh, like they have a, a job, like a utility. Mm -hmm. And then uh, there's another one. They could also be opposition. Yeah. The, yeah. That was if, you, if you want to take the, the order I wrote them, which I absolutely love, uh, accidentally, uh, treat your NPCs as UFOs. Yes. Are the utility, flavor, of op or opposition? How do they serve? Yeah. Because that can give you a good way of adding to whatever you've... You've got your little, you know, pre-printed stat block in your published adventure, but you can make them more than that. And if you're doing your own world building, then obviously you're going to have to do all of that. So, like we said, we have had 
a few shows of NPC stuff. Um, I can't remember all the numbers right now, but we will <laughs> we will link them in the show notes so that people can find the other episodes that talk about NPCs that we've done. Because I think we've done at least two. Maybe only one. one. <laughs> we're, we're coming up on 100 shows. It's hard to remember. <laughs> so, but, okay. So, let's go ahead and just roll on into our next subject. And now we enter stat blocks. This is a segment where you can use something that we've created in your game tonight. All right. So there's you and there's me. And you, you don't have one, do you? No, no, I've been too busy with other writing. So that leads you to be the writer this week. <laughs> I was the writer last week. <laughs> yes, well, you okay. have a knack for it. It is the art <laughs> of the GM within you. I have a knack for shine. something. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Well, in, in, in this, what I wanted to do, I'm just going to give you a little bit of feedback or a little bit of insight into how I uh, came up with some of this. And that is, I wanted an NPC-esque sort of thing that is slightly different than what you would normally see. Cool. Look forward to it. Okay. The bartender wanders over to the strange mechanical-looking man at the end of the bar. He slips something into the back of it. As he walks away, he flips a switch, and the whir of gears and servos activate. He spins to face you in an oddly mechanical and scratchy voice. He asks, What can I get you for, partner? Welcome to the wax robot. He is a creation of, is he a creation of fancy or is he there for another reason? As strange as it seems to say, only time will tell. The wax robot is a strange thing. It uses wax cylinders to get his set of responses, but the number of cylinders seems to grow, even without anyone making them. There just seems to be more than last week. What's making the numbers grow, and when did this member of the bar first show up? No one's really even sure. Seems like he's been here forever, and yet, also, it's kind of like it was just yesterday. That's so be so many neat ideas. <laughs> so, additional ways that you can use this in in various settings. I went ahead and and wrote it out, and it's in the show notes. So, go ahead and take a look at our show notes, and maybe you'll come up with something cool that you can use instead of it. But <laughs> speaking of which, we haven't done the obligatory promo for us, which is. You know, if you want to tell us what you think about anything that we talked about, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, we have a Facebook group, a Facebook page. We have Twitter. 
we have a Discord server. And it is kind of picking up a little bit of steam lately. <laughs> also, we're having discussions on it. We are. Also, uh, there is something that is new that's going to be on there. And that is there is everybody that is also not just on the regular show, but also on all the APs that we're doing. They're also on Discord with us. So if you, when we start the AP episodes back up again, when they're out there, go ahead and reach out to anybody and talk to us because we are, almost all of us are available to chat, talk about stuff that's going on in the, in the actual APs or what we've been discussing on the show. So come on by, have fun. And if you've got a few dollars that you want to, uh, Chuck at us. We will be more than happy to take that over at Patreon. Um, Keep the lights going on here. It it really does. Um, we've also got a, a coffee if you want to buy us a coffee. I love coffee, could, by the way. Could, could the buy us <laughs> tea? I don't drink coffee. That's but I love tea. But <laughs> before we, we dive down that long corridor, uh, let's go ahead and uh, flip on over to our next subject. Lexicon, where we give you cool words to help improve your vocabulary. All right, let's see if I remember how to do this right. Um, <laughs> so I get the book out. I look at the word. You look at the and word. I hope I can pronounce the word properly because, ooh, giving it to me. But our word this week. <laughs> Is convival. Vile? Convile? Convile. Convivial. Convivial. See, there we go. You made a poor choice giving it to me to speak. <laughs> Convivial. There's <laughs> there's even the pronunciation guide. I include that. I am so terrible knows. at this. But yes, those <laughs> are in the doobly-doo if people want to look at them. Yes. <laughs> giving it to me to pronounce words. <laughs> Foolish man. <laughs> anyway, the definition of convivial. It is related to, occupied with, or fond of feasting, drinking, and good company. Vivio. It's the type of thing you'd like to do with your friends. You know, yeah. you can go see them. Anyway. When you can go see them. And, see them. and so, yeah. Mm -hmm. The history of this word is it has late Latin roots, convivialis, from Latin convivium banquet, from com proverb plus vive to live. Nice. I like okay. that. It was first known use in circa 1668 and has a little popularity of in the top 40% of words, which is, that's not bad. That, that's, that's, that's not bad at all. That's really high. <laughs> like, that's I saw that, and I'm like, really? Who's looking up convivial? We should check the AP style guide. Yeah, well. It does that, sound that like the type of it. word that, 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 that feels like it. Yeah, convivial. You know, it, it makes sense. You know, it's. What you do at a convention, you'd have convivial time at a convention. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Fancily mix words together. I know. <laughs> trying to get all those words. Uh. <laughs> <sighs> I write them. I don't say them. <laughs> <laughs> I write words. I don't speak them. Silly man. Okay. <laughs> so well, we're going to go ahead and hit our uh, shout outs here real quick. And. 
I'll go first. Okie dokie. All right, so lock and key. So I know the Netflix series is out, but this is not it. This is the comic that gave that series its start. No. Yes. So that it is actually about the comic first before. I know, started. right? <laughs> I, I don't watch TV. I, I read comics. <laughs> uh, reads words. He does not listen to them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if you really like creepy and weird, this is a great series so far. I chewed the first volume in like one evening. Like I just sat down and like chewed through it like it was nonstop Hmm. and it was so good. And I already started the second one. And I'm about a third of the way through it. So very much a very much like entertainment candy must. Yeah. Consume. Oh, it's so good. And it's got some really interesting like mythology and the name of the town is Lovecraft. (laughs) All right. (laughs) It just straight up. I'm going to need you to hold still while I hit you on the nose. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But that's the whole point. Like it's, it's open about it. Like where it's getting some of its original, like idea stuff. And that's, that works. And it's, it's a lot of fun to read though. Um, and it's dark. I'm not gonna lie; it is a very dark. That oh. first story is very dark. If you're naming your town Lovecraft, yeah, and it's I an feel island. like you're going to go either very dark or very racist, one or the other, <laughs> or both, or both, because that's what you could do with that. Now, mm-hmm. it's it's really good though. Uh, I I'm enjoying the hell out. So. Definitely check it out. So, what do you have? Well, I watched this past weekend Alita Battle Angel. Speaking of something that started as a comic and has become other things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie was wonderful. There's okay. a couple concessions you have to do because it is a strange setting to exist, but it does a good job of explaining what this world is, and you kind of accept the limitations of it. Um, okay. The visual uh, motion performance of the lead actress was amazing. Uh, it not only does this movie kind of bring you to the Uncanny Valley, it is giving tours of the Uncanny Valley. And oh, it wow. Knows it's doing that and it loves it. And it's so, it's so well done. Oh, that's cool. No, it, it, it I wanted is. to see it, I just haven't gotten around to it yet. <laughs> Definitely want to, you definitely need to because it is definitely worth your time. It's it's good. It, it's now I would say, um, I've never read the original manga, I've seen the anime, okay? Um, so it is a bit different than what I was expecting. But having gone to look at some of the anime, uh, sorry, the manga after the fact, it is following that storyline. In which case, this is potentially one of the several movies they could do. Because they oh, have cool. a lot more source material to pull from. Nice. So, I liked it. It was very nice. The like overall motions uh, performance was amazing. The visual, like facial motion performance was amazing. 
The visuals are wonderful. It is also, speaking of cyberpunk stuff, we've mentioned that in the past episodes. If yeah. you want to see what full body mod characters could look like, this is probably one of the best I've seen. Oh, nice. So, hands up. Wonderful. Awesome. Check it out. There's a trail in doobly do. Yes. <laughs> I need to I need to see this thing. So mm-hmm. okay. Well, I guess that pretty much uh wraps up. So um I'm just gonna say it's been fun. And if you guys seriously, if anybody wants to chat with us, come on over and and find us on any of our social media, which there are links to all of it in the doobly-doos and yeah get out there have fun and roll some dice have yourself a good time and bye bye you can contact us or the show using Twitter, Facebook, or plain old email. Our Twitter accounts are at Zendead, at Jules Podcaster, and at 2050 Gardemanger. And the show's Twitter account is at Seize the GM. You can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Seize the GM. Or chat with us and other RPG lovers in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Seize the GM. You can email questions or comments to the show at admin at seizethegm.com. And if you have a few bills you want to send us, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. And we thank you. Joining us for this episode of CCGM. Feel free to leave a comment about this episode on our webpage, www.seizethegm.com. Let the dice fall where they may, and we'll see you all again next week. Seize the GM is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. All copyrighted materials referenced herein are held by their respective owners. No infringement intended, and no claim of ownership is implied. The music for the show is Dreaming Spirit off the album Ghost Machine by the Enigma TNG. His music is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license.